Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. So perhaps the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. Welcome to today's episode of the Leadership is Changing podcast, Highlights 2021. We've had a fantastic year of bringing you different episodes every single week. In fact, three, two interviews with guests around the world, and then, of course, the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode. Today, I'm going to bring you three more guests for you to listen to, little snippets, as we call it, which is another thing, uh, the way that we call it is a mashup, but there are highlights of 2021 from various interviews. Now, before I go there, I hope your new year is going really well and that you've set goals and you reflected on 2021 and that you're now getting underway with things, right? So as we're getting into this, the midweek of the first week of the year and time's moving already on, of course. And so hopefully you've got your goals underway or you're thinking about them and putting them down on paper as you're starting to work through things. Okay, three wonderful guests from episode 104. Barbara Gustafson, who Barbara is a great lady who is actually talking about the brain a lot and so forth. And the title of that episode is Build Trust by Being Calm and Steady. Then the second guest that I'm actually going to share with you is from 105, the episode there, Bengu Altonido. To lead change, you need to be the change first. And a great way that she's actually sharing that. So uh, have a listen to that. And of course, the other one I want to share with you today is a big celebration that I had this year, which was around, well, in 2021, which was around episode 200. It was massive. And so I got asked by a lot of my listeners here in the podcast for me to be interviewed and ask those questions that I ask my guests when I'm interviewing them. And so I've got a great guy, his name is Dennis Katsanos, and he interviewed me in the actual episode of 200. And there's a snippet of that just for you to have a listen to. 
And so what I'm going to encourage you to do is now take notes or think about things. You know, for some of you, you're telling me that you're out there listening to these on your walks and your run and in the gym or driving the car or on the way to work or back home again, wherever it is, take notes if you can. If not, go back when you can and take those notes as well. But I want you to really sit back now and enjoy these episodes. Barbara, a big welcome to you to the show. Thank you so much, Dennis. It is great to have this conversation with you. Yeah, wonderful. So you're in the US right now, and your seasons and and my season are a little bit different from different parts of the world. We're in summer, and so I'm sitting here a little bit sweating a little bit, and you are in winter. Is that right? Yes, I'm slightly jealous, Dennis, just because it is cold. It's a little dreary and rainy today. I'd much rather be in warm temperatures in my kayak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair. Oh, yeah, true. The kayak, yeah. (laughs) Hey, so I've done an introduction about you. Is there anything else around your background that would be quite interesting? to our listeners. Anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, so I'm a native Virginian. I'm about hours south of D.C. I'm originally from Norfolk area and Hampton Roads area, so I've always been in this area. But one of the things I love is the four seasons that we have. But my my Mm. background, I wasn't expecting it to go this way. But in my early 20s, I became a financial analyst for an amazing boss who ended up becoming my father-in-law. And I was a government contractor in D.C. I did that crazy commute. Literally, I was about three hours on the road every day and I supported the Navy and then later on the Marine Corps and I did it on the foreign military sales program. So this is, think of it as a different kind of financial position. It's not like crunching numbers all the time, what we think is finance or banking, but it was more liquidating unused funds from really old and dusty contracts that were in warehouses. So they could turn around and use them for other projects. And I was also responsible for making sure items on the programs that were ordered got to their destination and the contract correctly closed. So that's a little bit about my background. Excellent. You've got some rescue dogs. How, how many do you have? Yes. Yeah, so I have two lab rescues. They're kind of spoiled. <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. last year I rescued a horse. He's amazing. I've always wanted a horse and never thought I would actually have one, but he's he's kind of been my therapy horse during COVID. That's excellent, Barbara. And, and tell me, so how did you get into leadership? Yes, it was unexpected. And what had happened, I had taken a year off my current role to homeschool my youngest son. He had been struggling in school. We had tried just about everything. We tried public school, private school, and he. it was a situation he was highly intelligent, but for some reason he had a learning gap. So I opted to teach him at home. And honestly, it was the first time I had been out of that long DC commute. And I started to take a long, hard look at my life. And I asked myself if I wanted to go back to what I was doing. And it was a great paycheck, but it was not internally fulfilling for me. And one of my values, it's ironic because one of my values is peace. And one of the programs I was working for was a missile program. So tell me if that isn't misaligned or, <laughs> or not. So I opted not to go back to my current position. It was probably the scariest step I had ever taken, but I always wondered if there was something more to life. And about that time, my husband had joined a leadership development organization to grow his own leadership. And I just decided to be part of it, mostly because he was meeting some pretty awesome people. In fact, that's where I met you, Dennis. And I decided, you know, until I figured out a new path, I would focus on developing my leadership and communication skills. And I fell in love with coaching and realized 
honest, I was already using those skills and I naturally love to listen and ask questions. So it, it made perfect sense to me. Yeah, wonderful. And yeah, it was great. I mean, we, I think, I don't know, it's probably what, eight, nine years ago is when we met? Yes, I believe. Yeah, fun. yeah fantastic. Barbara, so this person can be alive or from history. And the question here is, who, who's your favorite leader and why? Yeah, there's many people that I admire out there, and we could probably spend a couple hours talking. But I have to say, in recent years, it's been Dr. Daniel Amen. He's a brain specialist and a double board psychologist. And I think of him as sort of a maverick in his field because he doesn't just view brain health as physical, but as part of everything we do uh, to the point where his lens is brains run the world. They run the stock market, businesses, churches, government. And if our brain is healthy and working right, we're likely to be successful. And if it's not working as well, it impacts our decisions, our focus, our relationship, judgment, and character. So he's on this mission to create a brain health revolution to empower leaders so they can have greater success. And And I was struggling in the areas of focus and attention, and he ended, to, ended up impacting my brain. And so I was able to experience that at a personal level so I can do my stuff greater. Yeah, and that's why you're now an Amin Clinic brain health coach, is that right? Yes, I decided to tie in the personal development, leadership, and brain health because there's so many things that we can do that are brain-based to make our life and our work a little bit easier. Yeah, excellent. You you and, and my partner, Mary, should get together and have a good chat because uh, she's been doing a master's in neuroscience and uh, she's known as the neuro change coach. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, for you two to catch up for sure. So yeah, great. Yeah, that's a great example of, uh, of somebody who's the brain runs the world. I like that. That's, that's fantastic. Hey, the show here is called Leadership is Changing. And when I say that statement or the title of the show, what, what does that mean to you? Yeah, that's such an important topic anytime, especially now. I, I feel like for me, that means that I need to be in tune with what is changing. And not only what is changing, but how am I going to respond to those changes? Because if I wait and do nothing... I'm not meeting the need and demand out there. There's a term I've been hearing more often, and it's called cognitive flexibility. And it's the ability to be flexible to the change, what you're thinking about, how you're thinking about it, and even what you think about it. In other words, it's the ability to change your mind, but also your approaches. And cognitive flexibility is required in many, many ways throughout the workday and in leadership. Yep. Okay. So that's, it's really important. I mean, the brain is so powerful and then the brain is also so important in the sense that we as leaders, we've all got brains and so we need to use them, but also understand where we're at with things at times. And I like what you say there in relation to actually the way that we respond to change and the way we do it. Because Barbara, what I talk about is that, you know, there is a lot of things that are happening and change and it's out of our control, but there are two things that are in our control. One is our attitude and the way we react to it. So that's what you're talking about. And number two would be where we are going next. And I think they're really important things for, for us to talk about. So I really like what you just shared there. Yes. And, and what they found is leaders who do exhibit this cognitive flexibility strength, they can handle those transitions more easily. Not that they're easy, but they can move through them. They can shift between tasks a little bit more in stride and apply learning in one area for greater problem solving. And would they also be able to, uh, there's that 
word out there, adapt, pivot, whatever you want to call it, are they able to do that quicker than others? Yes, and and they have a different view. And so they can apply this to decision-making and as well as communication within a team, but also transfer those skills and help them become more aware of how to be more flexible. And Bingo, you and I met a few years ago and I had the pleasure of facilitating some events around the top talent within Hewlett Packard and you were one of the attendees of some of those programs, which was fantastic to see. And But the question I've got for you here is, how did you get into leadership? I think it was a interesting story because uh, at times people aspire for leadership, but leadership found me in a way because I was curious, I was passionate, I was always trying to help others to make an impact, and I became the natural leader in customer relations in a way because at that time I was based in Dubai and uh, I was mentoring Israel and different countries and Turkey at that time, and our project projects got uh, successful because we were fully accountable with the results and it was an organic progression for me. And also we worked with the different teams, building on relationship, improving on results and finding where we could do more of not being intimidated by each other's success, but rather on the bright spots. What can I learn from whom? Who has the best result on what area? Who has the best skill that could benefit for the bigger picture? So we became better as a team and being proud of what we are doing while not taking ourselves so seriously. Fantastic. Meaning, so we weren't, I like that, we weren't intimidated by each other, but we looked at the bright spots and we learned from each other, which is great. And you use the word being accountable. How important is it for leaders today to be accountable? I think it means everything, every step of the way, and your actions count more than your words. And everyone is looking up to you to play the role model every day, whether it is your child, whether it's your stakeholders. Everybody is watching you and making a judgment out of your uh, actions. Also, maybe it's true to say people are inspired more from the positives, but also ready to spot the negatives and like uh, behaviors, uh, which is not ideal, but you may be talking otherwise. So I promise to myself, I will be accountable for my actions. I will be accountable to others. And I'd like to be the change every time I want to see in the world, beginning with myself. Oh, fantastic. So the change in the world, for any kind of change to happen, I would like to see that start with me. And I think that's a beautiful way to think about things there, uh, Bengu. So so well done in saying that. Thank you very much, Dennis, because that's what I truly believe. It's easy to get drowned into office politics or criticism, but the best way is uh, also to stay on the uh, positive, focus on the good things that could initiate a change and show with your actions positive results and positive environment and trusted relationship is possible in, even in today's ever-changing world. Yeah, and I think that's important too, right? By showing your actions, by being the change, being positive in that, that starts to build trust, which you just said, which is really important. So, Bengu, here's a question for you. And the question is, the person can be alive or from history. Who's your favorite leader 
and why? I think I have a couple of favorite leaders. Of course, being from Turkey, Atatürk is everybody's leader because he has achieved a revolutionary result at a very difficult time for the country. And he transformed and have driven the change in a new era of modernization, including civil and political equality for minorities and women. Also, from recent time, I find creative founders of Pfizer-BioNTech vaccines, uh, creators Ur Shahin and Özlem Tureci, because they are extremely valuable for the world, not only for the impact they make for the world, humanity, but also they are a greatest advert to science and technology, starts up and immigration, and also trusting yourself no matter what. Also, for a different reason, Greta Thunberg, she's such a young, passionate, straight talker person. And uh, she is also a great example. You are never too small to make a change and you are never too small to make an impact. Of course, Nelson Mandela, peace, justice, freedom, what he brought to multiracial democracy is a great example when we are talking about Black Lives Matter. I think you're never too small to make a change or impact. I think that that's wonderful. I like also what you said there about trust yourself no matter what. Now, if I go back to what you said around never too small to make a change or impact, people say to me, well, it's big things that have to make a change or impact. And I go, no. And they go, what do you mean? I went, well, you think about it at nighttime. If there is a mosquito in your room, does that make an impact? Does that make a change in your room? Does it bother you? Totally. And go like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> exactly, totally. But it's only a small little thing, right? But that mosquito has so much impact. So you're right, never too small to make a change or impact. I want to welcome you to today's session. Today's session is very special. It's the 200th episode of the Leadership is Changing podcast. And it's a real pleasure to be here with you all listeners on the 200th episode. But we're going to do a little thing, something a little bit different today. I'm actually going to be interviewed and I've asked a gentleman by the name of Dennis Katsanos. That's right. His name is Dennis as well. And Dennis <laughs> has got uh, 20 years of broadcasting experience and he's done many interviews of people from around the world. And uh, so it's going to be very exciting for Dennis to be with me here on the show and actually interview me. Dennis, welcome to you. Thank you very much, Dennis. I must admit, when you asked me to interview for the 200th show, I was really, really excited. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't believe in such a short space space of time you've you've hit 200 episodes before we get into it any memorable moments for you any standout moments that um across the episodes because i've noticed in, in my research you've got christopher luxon john lee dumas tracy abara travis chapel you know joanna macresi some some names and they're, they're just some of the ones that i listened to before we came on and um, they're all outstanding by the way yeah, thank you. I, I got to actually say that the first recording that I did was really, really quite special. And then to see it go live, I think that was pretty cool. And we actually, I had a deadline to get it live, go live. And of course, we were in lockdown over a year ago, and and I thought, well, I want to launch it, so I decided to do that. But I pushed the production team to help me get it live, go live, and they said we've never done it this quick before, and um, it was pretty quite cool for it to happen. And 
For it to go and see it to come to life has been really special. Doing the 50th episode, the 100th episode has been very special indeed. And now the 200th episode and, and having you join me on this on this session has been, is pretty cool, man. I think it's just absolutely amazing. And I, and I must admit, I've, I've listened to a lot of, not every single um, not every single podcast, but some of the um, some of the lessons in there. I was listening to the Resilience one uh, just the other day and I thought, yep, there's definitely a lot of lessons in there for me. Dennis, I'm going to ask you the first question you ask everyone. Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, um, I was born in New Zealand and grew up here and uh, went to school and college in New Zealand and, and really grew up in the coffee industry. Mum and dad, um, as you know, we were in the coffee industry. I've been in the coffee industry 61 years, which has been pretty amazing. And that's where I grew up. So at the age of seven, well, here I was in the behind the counter at the shop every day after school, every day, every weekend, school holidays, we were at the shop working and it was really great. But you know what? That taught me a lot. And it taught me a lot about work ethic. It taught me a lot about commitment and so forth. Don't get me wrong. We we did have the, the childhood stuff that we went to the movies and out so forth. But there's one thing that really stuck out for me in my childhood. And there was this, that even though my dad got up to go to, and my parents got up in the morning at 4 a.m. in the morning to go to the cafe and do things like that. And then we come home at 5.30 p.m. We would have dinner. In daylight saving, my dad was the only dad in the neighborhood that would go down to the local park with the kids to go and play cricket, touch rugby and all that sort of stuff. And it just showed me that even though he was probably really tired and all that, he was still there for us as kids, but he also wanted to go out there and enjoy it as well for him. And, and that just showed me that he had a very strong work ethic, but it was something that he, he was committed to doing as well, which was, which was pretty cool. It's pretty outstanding working a 13-hour day, and um, particularly by the time we got to sort of Friday, Saturday, I'd be spent, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for me, you know, going to college and so forth, I've really had leadership roles throughout the whole period of time and then into corporates, of course, and doing things around in the IT space and then getting into leadership roles and then converting into the coaching and leadership development stuff that I've been doing for nearly 25 years. And then I decided to go and do that full-time 17 years ago, if not longer, in the HR space. And it's been been fantastic. So, Dennis, you, you touched on, obviously, you got a taste for it younger at college and obviously through working at your, your parents' um, cafe, et cetera. So how did you formally get into leadership? Or what was that spark or that moment that you thought, right, this is the direction I'm going to go in? Well, I've always wanted to join the police, to be honest. And, and wow. uh, I remember... Every morning and every night, I would go under my bed and have these little brochures that I pulled out from the police, and I would just watch and read these magazines day in, day out, and that was something I wanted to pursue. But then I got engaged, and my fiance at the time said to me, hey, it's either the police or me, you've got to choose. And I'm like, hmm, okay, so I chose her, and of course, 10 years later, we divorced. But I think the big thing for me was there was a real big lesson for me about following your dream and, and making sure that you stick to something that you wanted to go and do. And so that was around leadership as well. But I actually remember at primary school, they pulled me aside and said that, you know, we don't have a head boy or head girl, but if we did, it would be you. And I was like, oh, wow. And then when I went to intermediate, but into college more in particular, that's where I started leading teams. And whether it's on committees I was with in the community or sporting teams and things like that, that's where a lot of that leadership side of things started for me. And then, of course, I got involved with a whole lot of other stuff and network marketing and other things too. And 
I, I learned so much about leadership. But then in the corporate world, that's where I got to apply a lot of it and also in the community and different things that I did, whether it was coaching, you know, disabled children and sort of like the Paralympics type scenario, but it was for the local community and doing a lot of that kind of side of things. And, and it was really, really amazing to see and actually pulling that in t- together and helping people out. So to answer your question, it's been throughout the whole of my life that it's just been there all the time. I'm the oldest of four. And I've always felt like I've had a, a leadership role and, and, and being the oldest and so forth. But uh, the other three probably won't even won't agree with that. <laughs> I, I don't, knowing, knowing your brothers and sisters, uh, yeah, your, your brother and sisters, I was going to say, I don't think they will. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis, one thing I've noticed about leadership is sometimes there are some people that, are, that have got fantastic potential to be a leader, but they can't get their voice heard. Is, is there any way to cut through? So, you know, a gr- group situation like you're in, for example, sports team, etc. you know you've got the goods, but there seems to be that sort of more extroverted person or, or, or loudmouth person or the guy that can score a few more tries than you. But as a complete package, you're probably better. Many of us might have worked for the guy that you don't want to work for and you don't know how they got the promotion because you're about 10 times better than them or, mm. or, or lady, so to speak. Any mm. thoughts on, on how you can maybe be seen a little bit more or... Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because I, I find that even if you're sitting in a meeting, let's take a, a meeting scenario of a team, you're right, there'll be the one, two or three people in there, the extroverts out there speaking a lot, saying a lot. But sometimes I find it's just a lot of talk or a lot of noise. And just that's just the way they are. They like to, to talk out their thinking rather than think about things. And then you've got others in the room who sometimes you go, are they in the meeting? Because they're so quiet, they don't say anything, right? And then they are analyzing things. They're more analytical people. And then what they do towards the end, they'll say something and everyone goes, huh. And it's like, it's the nugget. It's the big insight. It's the, it's the big thing. So that's one scenario. But then the other scenario is, I think it's really important that we as leaders find our voice and that we find our feet, our confidence to speak up. And I find that a lot of people aren't speaking up enough and our teams need you to speak up. They want you to speak up. They want you to represent them. And if you have to fight for that or put it in a way that's very strong context that people understand it, I'm going to encourage the listeners to make sure that they do do that because I don't think it's been enough uh, been done enough, Dennis. Who was your favourite leader? It could be alive, dead, historic, and why? I've got two, actually. One is the one I've already mentioned, which is Dad, right, uh, being that strong work ethic and uh, the commitment. And, you know, he's turning 80 coming up in a few months' time, and he's still getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning. He's still at the door by 10 past 6 in the morning. He's still walking to the to the roastery and doing what he needs to do. And, and he works, and he's, and he's, and he's just loving it, but he's he just shows that he's committed again, the work ethic, and nothing phases him. He just gets on with it, uh, which is pretty cool. And then the other one is my grandfather. So his name, my name is Dionysios in Greek, and that's his name too. So I was the first one of the grandchildren named after him. And in a small island in, in Greece below Corfu, and uh, Prince Philip, of course, was born in Corfu. And so my grandfather the island was the president of the island for about 28 years and kind of guy who would go to the mainland to fight for the people and the businesses in the island and heard a lot about him. And, and uh, the family is saying, because I've only spent of all my life probably in about nine months with him, so about six months with him when I was the age of five, and then three months with him when I was the age of 21. And, and then I actually did spend some another month, I think, after that too, after I got married. But the guy who was a kind of guy who would actually say things and would actually have a voice to say things. And that's going back to the other question you asked before, right? And so he did get, he was, he did make sure that he was heard, but not only did he say things, but he was actually heard what he was actually saying. And that's a real, real key. And the family are saying that 
the way he speaks, the way he stands, the way he portrays himself and all that when he was alive, I'm doing exactly the same thing. Apparently, they reckon it's, it's their dad living again. I'm like, wow. So it's pretty cool. So it's it's interesting. So I think it's those two who have been very, very influential for me as, as, a, as a person. It's interesting you say that, Dennis, because a couple of things that you've touched on in a, a couple of the podcasts that I've listened to are attitude, the six inches between your ears and your dad and your grandfather, the time that I spent with them, always really, really positive, even in adversity when there's you know th- things, some real challenges that they're facing. And also the power of words, which is another one that you've talked about is how they speak to you. Like when um, Lambros, your dad talks to you, you, you really listen and you hang on every word because of the way that he says it to you. And, and I feel that you have very similar traits in that. Is that something that you think that you've picked up from? Both of them? Yeah, I think I have. And, you know, the listening is everyone has to work at it, right, for sure. And because of my coaching experience and being able to work with people, it's actually listening to what they say and then listening to what they're not saying. And listening to what they're not saying is very powerful, for sure. Going back to the six inches between your ears, I think that's really important. It was all about attitude. And a lot of things in life are out of our control. But there are two things that are in our control, our attitude and the way we react to things. And then the second thing piece is where we're going next. And it's the going next that's really, really important. Rather than freezing or being stuck there because you don't know what's happening is just getting on with things and moving forward. Now, easy for me to say it, but not always easy to do, right? So it's an interesting uh, dilemma for a lot of people for sure. Hey, listeners. Wow. Fantastic of these different snippets that we've shared with you today, of course, with Barbara and Bingu. And then, of course, the interview that Dennis Katsanos did with me on the 200th episode as well. And so I'm going to encourage you to go to those full episodes and have a listen to them, of course. Episode 104, 105 and 200. So if you haven't already done so, what we're going to ask you to do here is a call to action, which is around going, getting you to go and put a review and a rating for this podcast, whether you're listening to it on Apple or Spotify. If you're listening to it on other platforms, because it is on many platforms around the world, and even in India, we've got two major platforms that this podcast is actually being aired on, which is fantastic. Now, I'm going to ask you to go into the Apple or Spotify platforms and put a review. And actually, on Apple, you can put a rating and a review. And on Spotify, they've just released recently the ability to put a rating for the show. So I'd love you to do that. Why? Because it actually helps you actually lift things and move things forward and move things along for you, but also for me as the podcast. So what do I mean by that for you and me? What do I mean by that? Well, it's actually going to help lift the actual profile of the podcast. But also, when I do do that, I can actually bring on other guests as well and attract them, which means for you, you're going to learn some more, some great stuff from other guests as well. So I'm really going to ask you to, to help out there as a call to action and go ahead and put those reviews and ratings. It really does help with the profile and the ranking of the podcast, which is fantastic. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the episodes as they're being released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Feel free to share them with your friends, your family, and your network. Hey, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show, or if there's a question you have for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode, then send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. 
Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.